Hi, this is Nathan. Before we get to the episode, I want to invite you to join me on an incredible adventure this November of 2024. I am taking a small group of believers to Turkey, what the New Testament called Asia Minor, for a 12-day Bible study tour of the early church. We'll be studying the book of Acts and many of the epistles on location as we visit ancient cities like Ephesus, Laodicea, Heropolis, Antioch, Pergamum, and many more. If you are interested in joining me this November for a once-in-a-lifetime adventure as we study where much of the New Testament and early church took place, you can learn more by going to deeperchristian.com forward slash turkey. And if you're interested, don't delay. Spots are limited and on a first-come, first-served basis, and a $100 discount is available if you register before May 27th. I do hope you can join me. And again, more information is available at deeperchristian.com forward slash turkey. Now, here's the episode. Welcome to episode 201 of the Deeper Christian Podcast. This is the podcast to help you study God's word, know Jesus intimately, and discover how you can build your life around Jesus Christ. I'm Nathan Johnson, and in today's episode, we are going to continue talking about abiding and the blessing of difficulty. Let's dive in. In episode 199, I began talking about this idea of abide or abiding, and obviously that comes out of John chapter 15. And just again, to lay a kind of a foundation of this idea of abiding, I want to read you John chapter 15. Jesus is in the upper room and he makes this incredible statement to his disciples. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, but must remain in the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains or abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown away like a branch and dries up and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the father has loved me, I also have loved you Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. What an incredible passage. Now, if you haven't listened to episode 199, two episodes ago, I would highly encourage you to listen to that episode. In that episode, we were talking about this idea of what is abide and what is the job responsibility of the branch. 
So Jesus looks at you and I, his disciples, and he says, okay, you are branches, but I am the vine. And what is the job description of the branch? Well, from first blush, it seems like, well, it's to bear fruit. And that is a reality. That is a truth. However, the primary job responsibility of a branch is to abide. It's to remain in that vine. In other words, a branch cannot do anything on its own. It must receive the life of the vine. It must receive the resource of the vine. And if fruit is ever going to be produced through that branch, it is not because the branch is striving, struggling, and gritting its teeth trying to produce fruit. Rather, it is because the life of the vine is flowing into that branch and the branch just cannot help itself. And so, yes, our lives should be demonstrating this grand reality of fruit. And again, if you want to take this deeper, I would encourage you to listen to that last episode. But what is the job description of that branch? It's to abide. And that word, again, has this idea of to sink down into. It's to hold tightly to something. It's to remain, be steadfast. Or as my favorite definition is, it's to refuse to depart. So as a branch, I am to really cling to and refuse to depart from Jesus Christ. And Jesus is going to bear his fruit, his life in and through me. Well, in this particular episode, I I wanted to take another idea of this passage a little bit deeper. It's interesting at the very beginning, again, Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And we learn down in verse six that those branches are taken away and they are burned. But Jesus says, every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. (laughs) He prunes it so that it will bear more fruit. Now, I have to admit, if we are branches, the one thing that we really don't want to experience is pruning. It's that cutting away. It's that cleansing. It's that being reduced. It's that Uh, being humbled, it's being shrunk down and facing difficulty and problem and trials. Why don't we like those things? Well, I think a lot of it has to come to the fact that in Western Christianity, we see success. We see this idea of a vibrant Christian life as, well, how big can we get? How, How well known can we be? How can we become? You know, what is the greatest influence we can have? And the idea is, is bigger is better. Bolder is greater. I mean, it's just this idea that I have to become more and more and more and more. And we forget that a lot of times, if we actually desire more fruit, not not a focus on the branch, not a, woo, would you look at how amazing this particular branch is? See, isn't it interesting on a real tree? What captivates you is not an individual branch. It's all the branches working together in unity And if you're going to be captivated by something of a tree, it's actually the fruit. So as a branch, my responsibility is not to draw attention to myself. My focus is to receive the life of the vine or the life of the trunk, if I use the tree picture, but I'm to receive the life of the substance itself, right, the vine, and that when the fruit of that vine is produced through me, the vine gets all the credit. That somehow I become hidden and and unseen in the great reality of what it means to be a part of the vine. 
now I receive all this benefit because, wow, I get to have the life of the vine. Fruit is being poured out of my life. But it's not about how great the branch can be. It's all about, wow, look at the vine. Look at the vine. But we in Western Christianity, especially those of us who have grown up in America, where everything's all about, you know, uh, build up yourself and strive and, you know, grit your teeth and pick up your bootstraps and just, hey, let's succeed and let's get this thing done and bigger churches and bigger numbers and bigger, better, all that kind of stuff. See, we're all about this idea of looking for the popularity and the applause and the the rewards of being known. And yet it's amazing to me that what we're ultimately should be after is more fruit. Well, if we desire more fruit at times, that actually means that we actually have to decrease. We have to be less known. We have to go through trials and tribulations and hardships because that is actually one of the means that God will use to literally prune and sanctify our lives. Now, I know that sounds so backwards, and yet, though God may not be causing all the tribulation and all the trials and all the hardships, he desires to use that to sanctify our lives and to bring about a greater result in the end, which is fruit. So again, look at this idea in John chapter 15. Jesus says in verse 2, Every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away and is burned. And every branch that bears fruit, God is going to prune it so that it will bear more fruit. And yet the promise is, hey, remain in me. If you will remain in me and I remain in you, then, hey, there's a rest that can take place in that because we understand that the the pruning is going to cultivate a, a greater health of that branch. Isn't it interesting that as a good vine dresser, the vine dresser, in this case, the father, cares more about the health and the life of the vine than he does about the appearance or the physical attraction of those branches. In other words, what is God after? He's after health. He's after holiness. It's it's that reality that okay, he is going to cultivate and water and, and protect, but he's also going to prune so that it'll bear fruit. In other words, as a branch, if we are not bearing fruit, we're only good for burning. And I, and I think that is a good reminder that we are either going to bear or we are going to burn. That, that I cannot just presume that because I go to a church and just because I esteem the life of a vine, that, well, then fruit is actually being produced. The reality is, is fruit actually being produced? And the encouragement is, if fruit is being produced, well, he's going to keep pruning you so that you bear more fruit. Now, we did look at fruit in this last episode where we were talking about this idea of abide. But isn't it interesting that, again, the fruits that should be coming out of our lives is not something that we produce. It's not something that we kind of stir up within us. It's actually the fruits of the Spirit. It's love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's this fruit of holiness and righteousness that he's wanting to develop in us his character, his life. That when this world looks at you as a branch, what they're actually captivated is not you, the branch. They're actually captivated by the vine itself. And somehow the vine is seen through you, the branch. Well, that begs then the question after all that, well, how does God prune our lives. And I've already mentioned this, but isn't it interesting that God delights 
to use the sufferings, the trials, the pain, the persecution, the difficulties, the hardships of life to bring about that pruning process, that sanctifying process in our lives. When things go well, we we often just seem to sadly rely more upon ourselves than depend upon God. But it's in those times of difficulty, it's in those times of hardship, it's in those times of struggle and pain and, and difficulty that it causes us to keep our gaze fixed upon Jesus Christ and depend upon him for everything we need for life and godliness. So let me ask you, do you look at the struggles? Do you look at your financial problems? Do do you look at some of the difficulties that you're facing? I'm not saying that God has caused them because we know that God does not cause sin. God is not an author of destruction. But yet, that which the enemy has meant for evil and that which the enemy has meant to destroy, to kill, still, and destroy in your life, do you realize that God actually wants to use those very same things as an instrument in your life to bring about greater righteousness and a greater pruning, the sanctifying process in your life so that you can look more like him? See, it's the very things we shy away from that Paul says, hey, endure hardship. Endure those difficulties as a good soldier. Hey, wrap your arms around it and bear hug it, which is kind of the idea of that Greek word, which is that word endure, that that we are to wrap our arms around and we are to bear hug difficulties and trials and sufferings. Why? Because it is in our weakness that his strength is seen. It is when we are being stripped down. It's when we are facing trials and, and problems Now, we're not to give in to sin, but when that temptation shows up in your life and you stand strong and you depend upon the Lord, that strengthens you. Hey, when you have something that kind of feels like you're, you know, the ground has fallen, fallen out beneath your feet, those are actually great moments to prove your life in Jesus. Now, they're not fun. I hate those times, truth be told, and yet they are a blessing in our lives. It is in the struggles, it is in the difficulties, it is in the is in the problems that God actually wants to bring about a greater result of his life in and through you. So are you embracing difficulties? Are, are you looking at your hardship saying, Lord, could you could you use this in my life as a way to prune anything of the flesh, anything of sin, anything that does not look like you, so that you would receive the glory, so that my life could be a vessel through which you can bear your fruit in a greater measure. I find it interesting if you go back to the John 15 passage, again, in verse 2, Jesus says that every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it would bear more fruit. And then look at verse 3. He says, you are already clean or pruned because of the word which I have spoken to you. There's a phenomenal reality about the word of God that as I come to the word of God, not only is God going to be using the circumstances and the situations and the struggles and the problems of life to bring about pruning, but another primary way that he prunes is through his word, that the word is a measure is a measurement rod. It is the thing that is going to test and try your life. It brings about actually a struggle in your soul. And I don't mean that in a negative sense. But when I get into the word and I begin to look at scripture and scripture confronts my life and it says, Nathan, um, uh, this, this doesn't look like you. Uh, It says that you're to love your enemies. 
And I look at my life and I go, oh, that's right. Uh, there are enemies in my life that I hate. Well, see, that puts pressure on my life. And I have to make a decision. Am I going to bend my life under the authority of the word of God and say, all right, God, you are correct. I'm, I'm in the wrong. So Lord, refine me. Lord, purify me. Lord, prune me. Or am I going to ignore the word? See, the word brings out this beautiful sanctification in our life if we allow his word to do its work in our life. Later in the same discourse in John 17, 17, Jesus says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So again, God wants to take his word and bring about a sanctification in your life through this pruning process. So when you take all of this and come back into John chapter 15, isn't it interesting that as a Christian, God's desire for you is, is not to pamper you. God's desire is not just to give you wealth and riches and, and success by how the world defines that. God's great desire in your life is that you made holy, that, that you would be sanctified. And God is desiring you and I to become Christ-like through his pruning work. Well, how is he going to do that? Well, primarily, yes, he's going to use the word, which means we need to be in the word of God. We need to allow the word of God to search and try our hearts and see if there's any wicked way within us. But we also need to continually come and allow God to use the circumstances of our lives. We need to allow him to use the trials and the difficulties and, and the testings of life to bring about his character. It's interesting if you read through the New Testament with the lens of, okay, how is God wanting to use trials and problems and persecution and pain? Isn't it interesting that over and over and over again, persecution, pain, difficulty, struggle is not a negative thing in the New Testament. In fact, it's promised to you and I. Jesus says you should expect persecution and trials. James says, hey, rejoice in the midst of difficulties. Paul says, embrace the problems and, and the hardships of life. Paul says, hey, I rejoice when I am weak because then his strength is seen. See, pruning is actually not something that we should dread. Pruning is something that we should say, God, I, I need a greater level of pruning. God, I need a greater depth of sanctification. God, I, I want to abide in you. I want to hold tight to you. And in so doing, I only want your life to be flowing through my life, this branch so, Lord, if there's any self-production, Lord, if there's any sin, if there's any shadow areas, Lord, if there's anything that's going on in the branchness of my being that's merely of the branch, will you remove it so that the life of the vine could be clearly seen in and through this vessel known as a branch, a Christian? I know that's not an easy message for us in this generation to even hear. But I want us to look forward to pruning sessions. Not long ago, I heard a story about this church camp that had a lake. And because of some years of drought, the lake began to kind of re recede. And uh, the beach became bigger and bigger and bigger. And the lake became smaller and smaller and smaller. And after a couple of years of drought, the, the camp was just deeply concerned going, well, what are we going to do? This is a, a major feature of the church camp. But what they didn't realize is that in these years of drought, and as the lake began to recede, the beauty, the beautiful thing that happened is that all of the stuff that had been thrown into the lake over the decades was suddenly now made clear. 
All the junk was now sitting in a place where it now could be removed. And so though the drought was seen as a negative, it actually was a tremendous blessing because the camp was able to go and clean up the lake in a way that they never could have done it before when the water was full. I love that idea when it comes to this idea of pruning. Rather than shine away from God's pruning in your life, what would it look like if we said, Lord, I'm willing to be pruned. And Lord, if there are things in my life that need to be cut away, if, if there are things in my life that, that should not be there, Lord, whether you reveal it through your word or whether you just, through the circumstances of life, begin to prune down my life, Lord, I'm willing to embrace it, knowing that you are going to work all of this for my good. That, that what your desire is not to kill the branch that's bearing fruit, but that that branch could actually be made healthier so that it will bear even greater fruit in the days to come. And please remember, this is not a one and done kind of a thing. This is not, well, I'm pruned once and then we're good to go for the rest of our lives. The pruning process really is lifelong. And you'll have seasons where you'll say, wow, look at all this fruit. And you'll have seasons where you're like, wow, Lord, I don't know if there's anything more you can cut out of my life. But Jesus' promise is abide in me and I will abide in you just as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, but must abide in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who abides in me and I in him will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Can I encourage all of us to set our gaze upon the Lord Jesus Christ and abide in in him. Receive his life. May your whole life be just drenched and focused and all about clinging to him. Could we as branches decrease so that he would be seen and made evident in and through us? Now, if you want to take this idea of abiding even deeper, I have several articles from some great Christians of yesteryear on this idea of what does it mean to actually practically abide in Christ. And if you go to the show notes for this particular episode, I have a list of all those resources as well as some other information you can dive deep in when it comes to this idea of abiding in Christ. But just know that I, as always, am so thankful that you've joined me for this particular episode of the Deeper Christian Podcast. To check out those show notes, please go to deeperchristian.com forward slash 201 for episode 201. Well, until next time, know I'm cheering you on as you abide your life in the vine itself, Christ Jesus.